Radio Shack. Okay. What? The 80s called. Welcome to the Coco Nation, the world's first live and interactive talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer and its hardware cousins. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Coco Nation Show, episode 318. Howdy, howdy. Glad to be here. You know, I was just thinking, uh, at the beginning of the show, we had to say, just so you know what you're getting into, and then run the disclaimer. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot. Forewarned is forearmed. You can put that in the pre-roll also. Yeah, I'll have to look. Mayhem, shenanigans. And Have and, to look uh, at doing that. and uh, teenage humor, because <laughs> we're still stuck in the, we're still stuck in the eighties. <laughs> oh, let's see no, uh, what fun we got today here. So we're short a few members today because of people traveling. Slackers. So we got Ken and Curtis at the Boat Fest show. We might hear from them in Hurricane, also, West Virginia. Also competing this week is VCF Southwest in, was it Dallas? Yep. So, Near Dallas, close enough. Yeah, hopefully somebody will think of us and call us from there, let us know what's going on. Um, we didn't have any budget to send a uh, roving reporter down there this year. Uh, let's see, who we got on the panel today? First up, uh, Mark, oh, I'm in the upper corner here, hi. Um, next up, Marco. Hey, glad to be there. Uh, sp- I'm here. Sp- uh, special news reporter today, or anchor today. That's right. You're the anchor today. I am. So, uh, next over, Alan. Wow, I ended up on the top row somehow? What the you heck? You did. Man, howdy everyone, it's Coco Saturday. That's because we're missing the crew, part of the crew. Oh yeah, I didn't get bumped this time. Got it. Yeah, and in the second row, we ended up with David Ladd. Why, hello everyone. Are you ready for today's show? So am I. You're usually in the Ouch. basement. Uh, let's see. Center Square, we got Rick Uland. I am feeling surrounded. Howdy, folks. Mm-hmm. You're cornered in. Uh, let's see. Next over, Ron Delvo. Hello, everybody. Enjoy the show today. Maybe one of these days we'll have a uh, Coco Cousins show. Okay. It is time for that. You know, one of these days I'll just mess people up and go a different direction. Uh, let's see. Bottom row, we got Robert Emery. Hey, everybody. Okay. And joining us today, Michael Furman. <clears throat> yeah. Hi, everybody. It's been a while. Yeah, long time no see, Mikey. Mm-hmm. Glad yeah. to see you. Are you back in the States? I have been for a while. And he's been busy, and that's what he's going to talk about today. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
And last but not least, we got uh, Thunder from Down Under, Nick Marentes. Good day, everyone. Again, on the bottom of the list, just like I'm on the bottom of the planet. Yeah, but you're in tomorrow. <laughs> you're way ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't affect your speech or anything, does it? <laughs> My speech is already over. <laughs> All right. Standing on his head, though, that's the yeah. problem. <laughs> Scrolling up here in the chat, we got Tom Eric Gunderson, uh, Marco Allen, Jim Rye, Daddy Burrito, Sixie, and Mark Siegel. Mark, aren't you at the uh, VCF Southwest today? Uh, let's see. I, ha I have a picture in the news. Okay, cool. Coco Living. David Croker. And Flutterball just joined us. Hi. Howdy, everyone. Boy, everyone's all here. I just got back. Wow, we need a full report. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's only 1 o'clock. Why are you back already? Yeah, he's already seen all that stuff. He was kind of there when it was invented. He yeah. caused all that stuff. He caused it, exactly. <laughs> all right, so, Mikey. Uh, rumor has it you've been working on something. Really? I have been. I don't know. I thought I've the... been working on a lot of some things. Yeah, keeping the cocoa flexible. <laughs> yeah, flexing the cocoa. Flexing the cocoa, okay. So the floor yeah. is yours. Oh, all right. Well, you can find the spotlight button. There you are. There so you. I don't know how many of you guys actually subscribe to my YouTube channel, but I sort of started out um, working on a lot of emulation in MAME. And uh, what I found was that there were a lot of MAME videos on YouTube but people just power on the computer and they don't know how to use it and they don't do anything with it and they don't boot in any operating systems. They don't, you know, it's just basically a bunch of garbage. So I wanted to show um, some of the more obscure things that MAME emulates and actually show those things working and functioning. So how I sort of got into Flex which has been my most recent series on my channel, uh, running specifically running Flex on the color computer, but that's not actually where I started. So um, where I actually started with Flex was um, on the original computers, the SWTPC computers, which there's a 6800 one from, when did they build that thing? 75, I think, was when they had that computer. And... That's a Motorola 6809 cousin, actually the grandparent, if you will, the 6800. And they had Flex on that thing. And then in uh, 79 or 80, when the 6809 came out, they ported Flex to that. Well, you know, I'm on a couple of mailing lists and groups, and I did my own video on running running Flex on these computers and sort of sort of getting into it. 
So it was on these lists, you know, people are like, oh, I have the SWTPC computer, I have this computer, that computer. To be honest, I got kind of jealous with these people. And I didn't think about it that we actually had flex on the color computer. You know, I wanted some hardware to actually run, you know, run some of these things on. I'm like, well, I could do FPGA, I could do this. And then suddenly one day I remembered that I actually had something in my collection. Let me just grab it here. I think it's this one. I actually had this disc was actually in my collection. And I didn't, didn't remember that I had it. Wow. So, you know, the, the picture that I have in my videos, it's actually an image. You know, I, I put this disc, took the disc out of the sleeve and stuck it on the scanner. So I'm like, aha. Well, not only did, um, you know, it actually was a real thing that we had flex on the computer. I actually have it. I actually have it on the, on the physical disc. But was the so, disc good? Well, yes, it was. Oh, good. There's still a big controversy, which this disc is not an original disc from the factory. I mean, what? it looks like it is. Mm -hmm. So I think this may be a replacement disc, not, not an original one. Like, like a warranty replacement or something? <laughs> yeah. You know, when you when you buy in back in the old days, when you bought licensed software from somebody, uh, they had a thing like, "Well, we'll we'll send you a disc, and uh, uh, by the way, you can't you can't the disc that we send you, you can't copy that disc. You can make a backup, but you can't copy the actual disc that we send you. It's like it's not really copy protection. I guess it is in a way." Oh, so, so this is the, like that master disk controversy where you yes. have to have a special disk to make flex on the flex right. computer, right? To make but, to make backups, you have to use the original master, and you can use the original master. And there's a couple extra programs on that disk that came the original disk that came from them, and you use those programs to prepare backups. So is you that can, how you found out that by trying to back up that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they 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 were they were really really screwing around with you. Um, so there's a a program, you know. So this this disc is actually both flex and color computer. So it's kind of like a schizo disc. When you put it in the color computer, it looks like a a regular basic disc. But then when you say run flex, the rest of, you know that's only a few uh, a few sectors or a few granules. So um, the rest of the disk is flex. They, there's a directory and enough little bit basic program, little bit of code to actually do the loading. How you put that on the disk, there's actually a program that only comes on the original master that came from the factory. That program actually puts the basic part of the disk on there to make it a bootable disk. And that program is designed in a way that it cannot copy itself. You can't copy it to any other disk. That's the problem. Well, so what's the while this disk is fine, it boots, it works. I, you can't use this disk to make more backups because you don't have the program that you need. Does that make sense? Sort yeah. of what this the, master disk controversy it, is. It doesn't have the bootloader. Uh, it, it, it ha it, it's or a bootable boot disk. It has it on the disk, but it doesn't have the program that you need to make to more create, of them. 
Yeah, it doesn't have the on cre- the computer, computer that runs Flex. Right. <laughs> oh, obviously, I stuck it in my. Um, David Ladd actually gave me a uh, grease weasel. We traded a couple things back and forth. So, of course, I used that to make an image of it and just moved on. And, um, but uh, you can't on the computer. You know, uh, I don't have it open at the moment. Um, but if you actually open the documentation for uh, Frank Hogg Labs version of Flex, it's actually a tutorial. And the tutorial is really similar even to what you see in the OS 9 manual. Hey, the first thing that you should do is make a backup of your original disk. And here's how you do it. And they say, run this program called putboot.loader. And that's the program that you need to actually make the disk bootable. But it's not there. But it's not here. And to make it even worse, they have something that looks like it's the right program, but it's all screwed up. I don't know why they did this. There's a program on the disk with that name, but it doesn't work. Maybe so, it's intentionally fake. done. Maybe I don't know why they wanted it. why they wanted you to think you had the program that you didn't have, but it makes it really confusing because you think, oh great, you know, I put this disk in, it has put boot, I tried running it, it didn't work. And then I look I studied the contents of the disk, I'm like, oh, um, I actually found source code that explains what they did. Um, it's an earlier version of the I have the source code in the actual program now. I found, I dug around and found it, um, but uh, I haven't haven't released that yet. I'm still putting together a tools disk, but um, they did some really. If you read the source code, they did some really screwy stuff. They really it's it's pretty interesting. I haven't even scratched the surface on this stuff yet. So I've been kind will, of uh, babbling. So <laughs> will you be able to actually produce then a master? Uh, more or less. It the problem is I don't have a master. I, as far as I know, nobody has found one, the original master. So I don't know what exactly what that disk looks like. I can I can make a recreation of what I think that disk looks like, but with without without understanding what's actually there, it's it, it, you you understand it's sort of like a run. It's a technicality, right? A puzzle. Uh, not not a puzzle. It's just we don't know what the original actually looks like. So all that I can do is guess and say, well, I think it's I think it's supposed to look like this. Is there anything similar to it that um, the same company has made for other software that you could compare it to? I have never seen that I know of a program that when you copy it, it Basically, you can't copy itself, and it makes a fake one. Right. We're talking a licensing program, which it's a, it's a, it's a licensing system, yeah. And hard to decode and hard to reverse. And hey, it worked. No one's reversed it or decoded it. Well, you as, can as make still, the disk anyway. Still working. As yeah. I as I said, I have the source code to. I don't think it's the actual production version. It looks like it's. Um, like this obfuscation thing where it can't copy itself. I don't actually have the code that produces that, like the, the way that they did on the master. I think I have source code to some earlier version of this program. It just puts the basic part and the bootloader, the IPL, the uh, initial uh, program loader. It puts that stuff on the disk to make it a bootable disk. 
but it doesn't put the the fake version and the obfuscation. Like they don't. I don't. I know how that part is supposed to work. I just don't have it. So, so um, my question is: Have you know Frank Hogg is still around? Yes. And have you thought about contacting him and asking him if he maybe he has some insight? I have. Oh. And um, I have been in contact with uh, Frank Hogg. Uh, when but he got unfor- done laughing, what did he say? <laughs> Unfortunately, um, well, I haven't actually spoken to him in person, just uh, text messages back and forth. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't really remember that much. Oh. So I I don't know if when you guys had him on the show before I haven't reviewed I saw that show I remember watching um I think I was listening to it in the car while driving um but I'm sure he disclaimed you know that was 40 years ago I don't really remember anything and you know uh everything I tried to ask him he's like I don't really know you should ask this other person so he pointed so- me to some he pointed me to somebody named Rich Hogg who apparently did all the programming and I haven't been able to get in contact with that person. I think it's his brother. So do you think um, they did not have the um, hoarding gene to keep all this information in their home? (laughs) (laughs) Frank may have just been the uh, marketing guy. Yeah. Frank wasn't really, Frank wasn't really the programmer. He was, he was sort of the business guy. Other people, <clears throat> excuse me, other people did all the technical work. So, and he said that himself. Um, so, uh, to answer Ron's question, uh, Frank himself didn't really do hoarding, but um, other people did. And there's this, there's this thing I can see if I can, if I can show it quickly, if I can, if I can find it. Uh, this is just going to be uh, an FTP client. Uh, let me one second. Let me move this window. That's a little better. Are you going to go to the Brian Weasler archives for this? <laughs> well, it's, I mean, uh, so from what the I'm, chat, it looks like Brian so far has not been able to locate the master. Yeah, I reached out to Brian Weasler. So apparently, Steve was it Ostrom? I think. I think that's the guy's name. Uh, sold uh, sold this collection of uh, stuff to um, Brian Weasler, and uh, this thing this thing isn't actually working. But this this screen that I have here, sorry, uh, let me get back to Brian uh, Brian Weasler in a minute. So about the hoarding, let me finish that thought. <laughs> um, apparently, what Frank did was Frank gave. All of the let's see, this, as I said, this client isn't doesn't really seem to be working that well. But he gave uh, here we go. Uh, so what what we're looking at here is the collected archive of everything Flex, everything that anybody has ever hoarded about Flex is in this is in this uh, this particular archive. So I have the name backwards, I think. So um, M for master. So they want ex- I want to go. So they have all the disk images, and they have they have them all extracted. So if I go into, I think it's disks, and there's one called there's a directory here called FHL disks. 
So what apparently happened was Frank basically gave everything he had. You know, he obviously had a bunch of discs from when he was doing stuff. He gave everything he had to somebody in this uh, Flex. It's called Fufu Flex Uniflex user group. He gave everything he had to somebody and they, they made images of it. So that's still available. Like the discs that are on the color computer archive are, uh, are uh, these ones here, these F502, et cetera, 503, these discs. That was what was on the color computer archive before, uh, before I started, you know, uh, coming in and playing, playing with it. And if you, uh, yeah, they don't have, they don't, they don't have the put boot program, as I said, at all, because you can't, you can't copy it. But anyway, so whatever Frank had uh, has has gone into this archive, and is basically here. And this is where I'm getting the list of stuff that eventually, as I process it and go through it, you know, you can see there's different versions of BASIC. Uh, there's a color computer, uh, fourth, and uh, here's an assembler. Here's a cross-reference, you know, cross-reference tool. A lot of the products that um, Frank Hogg sold are actually in this in this archive. And before I go off of this, uh, I actually, this one here, this putloader.txt and putloader.bin, these two here. This is the program I was talking about. This is the early, the early version of um, the the early version of um, the the, copy uh, the the protection. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys can see this. Give me one moment while I'm right here. Uh, let me actually uh, open this. Okay, I can now. I, I should be able to switch to this. So you're going to be the Curtis Boyle of Flex. Uh, yeah, Boyle is of uh, EOU. So this this is the this is the actual source code to what I think is an early version of this program that that creates new uh, new boot disks. Port loader places. A radio shock, they and they called it. You note that they call it TRS eighty CC because they hadn't named you know the the this is so early in the life of the Coco that they had not the the name Coco didn't exist. They called it the TRS eighty color computer. So put loader places a Coco disk extended color basic directory within the flex disk, and uh, it puts this program it puts flex basic on there. And it actually writes the the initial program loader on uh, track sixteen sector nine. And but more importantly, it actually explains a little bit about what they do to this thing afterwards. The first sector of put loader should not appear on the directory. Instead, a fake sector, which is linked to itself, um, but which changes the link field. In the file control block, the point to put loader. So they 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 really they they're really doing some screwing around and faking for this uh this this licensing thing, and this this is a this is a hint. Um, this part of the code that they're talking about here, I don't that that code the code that actually produces this that actually recreates this this fake messed up thing. The code that produces that doesn't exist. It's not it's not in here. This this code actually produces 
a bootable a bootable disk when you when you run it. So just wanted to okay. show that. Yeah, so, so we were so, so uh, the bootloader program was put on a sector not normally accessible. Uh, to back up like track so. forty one or something. Uh, uh, it's As it's a example. schizo disk. Yeah. So the the yeah. the disk extended basic um, basically takes track seventeen for the allocation table, file allocation table, and the directory in, in its entirety. Um, but uh. sector two and sector three of track seventeen have the directory. So Oops. it puts it puts a track seventeen on there so that basic sees that there's something there. And then BASIC itself uh, organizes it in uh, granules of nine sectors. So they allocate for themselves one granule, which is nine sectors. And that contains the BASIC program, and it also contains the bootloader. And so that's, that's how they actually did it. The remainder of the disk all around it is flex, not BASIC. They put just enough BASIC compatibility, you know, the directory and the one one file, one granule. They put that there uh, so that you can boot it, and that's what that program actually does. That program actually sets that up. So that would make sense without the DOS command. You need something like that in order to boot boot up. That's a right. System. We're talking about the original 1.0 version of Disk Basic, which did not yep. have the DOS command. Yep, that didn't that's exist. How that's how they worked around it. Right. So did you uh, ever talk to anybody else about um, all this stuff, like Paul Fiscarelli or anything? Because he's pretty sharp about um, stuff like this, I think. Uh, yes. Um, I have uh, gone back and forth with Paul Fiscarelli a little bit. Um, not specifically. Uh, I, did, I did talk to him a little bit about this. But you know, until I actually found the actual source codes, that's when I figured out, oh, yeah, they're... You know, um, so if I looked at the, the disks that were on the color computer archive and they looked like this bootloader thing was messed up and I found out why later when I found the source code. So I didn't really need anybody to help with that. It just took time going through hundreds yeah. of different disks, looking at them to see what's there, basically. Okay. Uh, Brian Wiesler. Um Ron, also, you guys also asked. Yeah, um, I, you know, when I found, again, when I found this disk and figured out, oh, well, this is probably a replacement disk that came came from Frank Hogg, not, not an original master. Um, I immediately, like, oh, I have to ask Brian. Uh, and uh, Brian said that uh, the... Uh, original guy Steve Ostrom had the disc organized one way, and Brian has redone everything. He just hasn't found it. So one day he'll find the disc. And uh, I asked him, "When you when you find it, uh, just get out your grease weasel, make an image of it, and and just send it to me, and then I can take it from there. We can figure out again whether it's a replacement disc or a backup, or figure out what it is. We can look yeah. at it. Okay. Considering so, those are all the pending. Uh, those are all the pending uh, questions. So uh, uh, go ahead, uh, Rick. I was saying, considering that last comment about the put loader needs to be on a sector that can't a track that can't be backed up, you might want to run that grease weasel from the edge to the label and see if there's an extra track hidden in there somewhere that wouldn't normally be created by any kind of. Backup, um, it's right? it's much it's much much simpler than that, Rick. 
Um, Flex has a flag in the directory um, that says that a file is particular file is copy protected, meaning that you cannot copy the file. When it encounters that file, it'll just skip it because it's protected. You can't copy it. So the program itself is copy protected, so it can't copy itself. And that's the reason why they have the extra code that makes the fake thing. Does that make sense now? Yeah, yeah so the, the grease weasel is working outside of the operating system. So it wouldn't the grease weasel that. is, as, as, <laughs> as David Ladd likes to put it, it's reading all the flux transitions off of the disk. So there is nothing that... Uh, I don't know if Grease Weasel supports it? hard sector disks. I don't remember. Like that might be, you know, there might be some hardware things that you can't can't mm-hmm. completely catch with a Grease Weasel. But if it's written to the disk, you can get the data off of it, and oh. you can recreate. You know, I I provided the the uh, super SCP SuperCopy Pro. I'm giving you guys, you know, in in the package that I gave. The ability to create an exact copy of this disk. If you have, if you have a grease weasel, if you have a cryoflux, um, you can create exactly, exactly down to the flux transitions, uh, down to the ones and zeros, an exact copy of this disk. Which you have done yourself. Yeah, I. This, this is what I uploaded to, to the Color Computer Archive and the Internet Archive. So, so we it's have it's flex from the um from the uh you know the archive and we run it. It's that disk basically that we have on yeah. uh, DSK. The the new the new one that I uploaded it, that's that's in the um I can I can show that quickly if uh give me one moment. Um where do they have operating systems? Yeah. Okay. Let me just let me just uh, share this one. One moment, please. I have lots of uh, discs. Maybe I should go through and see if I have anything Francog that's. Okay. Yeah. If you if you have any any discs that are actually uh, Francog. Okay. Um, make this a little bit bigger. So this is the color, the color computer archive. Um, if you go to archive and under operating systems, uh, he created a directory called Flex, and this top one right here, Color Flex 5.04, this disk image actually contains, it. I've, I've put it in a few different formats, but it, it does contain that SCP file, the original Flux image, as well as a DMK, and also a... Um, so click on that so we can see what's in it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do... Uh, sure. Well, let's uh, just download it. That's just that's just gonna download it. I have oh. I have to actually uh, open it. I need yeah. you need to give me a moment to that's pull that okay. up. I can I can cue some uh questions while while we're doing that. <laughs> hey Mikey, can I ask a favor? Yeah. So the Flex channel on the Coco Discord has some links. I have the Flex user group and the Evanson Consulting and SWTP CEMU. Uh if you have any other uh related Flex ones I can stick in there, I'd love to do that. Um I I was I was not multitasking very well. What <laughs> if I have any what? Uh, any other links to websites with Flex stuff or FTP oh, sites? Oh, I, I have I have a lot of stuff, so we can. Oh, cool! I have three of them in the Flex channel. But if you have some more, I'd love to add them. We can we can talk about that. So thank you. Now, now Mike, right. um, 
uh, the 6800 discs, do they do the same thing? Uh, they don't. They don't have this uh, copy protection. The copy protection thing is something that Frank Hogg did only for the color computer. Oh, Technical system consultants. You. <laughs> you, have to, you have to remember that we're talking about computing going back to the mid-1970s. Yeah. It was a completely different world. There was a whole commercial yeah. world, like mm-hmm. IBM and Univac and Cray and Control Data and Data General and you know those, those IBM and those big iron guys. And then there were the hobbyists, like uh, Woz and, and Jobs and Apple and the uh, the, there was this whole uh, 6800 Motorola 6800 community that was, and Flex from TSC was their main operating system. TSC uh, wasn't really, you know, that mean, and they didn't give out the source code, but they didn't have copy protection either. You bought a, and that's that's the reason why they have that whole archive full of a whole, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of discs of stuff because people just copied and copied and copied and copied. Right. So mm-hmm. I noticed in the arch- in the archive of Flex stuff, they had Sculptor. That was a five hundred dollar program in the day. Yeah. So there was a good profit potential in selling Flex so that you could run Sculptor. That that was that's a big deal. So I can see why Frank Hogg was. You know, I want to protect my there. investment a little bit, right? <laughs> uh, so. Um, is this the actual? Yeah, this this is the this is the actual directory. So this this SCP file, that's the one directly from the Beast Weasel. So if you can you can convert this to to the SCP Beast Weasel format, or you can convert it to Cryoflux or Cat Weasel or you know whatever whatever Flux reader thing you have. This is the one that you would use to create. An exact copy of the disk that I have, whatever's on it. Um, if you're using XOR, uh, you would use this DMK, which is something that's a little bit more familiar to you guys. DMK file um, is what we use in TRS-80 emulation, Coco, and model one, two, three, four, etc. For uh, uh, this, this is uh, like one level up. This is not the actual magnetic transitions. Those magnetic transitions create a data stream of bytes. And a DMK file contains that data stream. So it's not, not at, the, mag- at the, the magnetic level. It's one level above. It has all the sector information. So this is, this is one level above that. Uh, and then um, I also have converted, because you can convert a DMK to... Uh, an SDF, and the SDF file is what's used on um, the SDC. Coco SDC. Right. So you can drop this SDF file on your SDC, and you can run it run it there as well. So th- this is there's a couple there's a couple extra uh, a couple extra things in this directory. These these two these two things here they're not supposed to be here. The package you get just looks like this. Oh. So that should answer answer uh, your question, Ron. Yeah. And Mikey, the DMK is the one that you use that so that you can get the density where it has the single density outer track and double density for the rest or whatever. That's correct. Yes. The uh, that video on it was amazing to to watch. But yeah, um, so DMK supports that because it's 
it is the whole bike stream. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so DMK was actually designed by David, uh, David M. Kiel, I guess is his name is. And, uh, he made, uh, emulators for both color computer, but I think he did model one and three and four first. Uh, and then he did one for the color computer. These are DOS applications. I can, I'm, uh, I'm not going, I can, I could bring it up and show you guys. I'm not going to, not going to bore you with that. I should show it in, in, in the video in detail sometime. Um, so he, inv- he invented the DMK format for, uh, for the Model 1, 3, et cetera, emulators. And the first disk systems that were available for Model 1, I think, had single density. And double density was, is it the Percom, I think? Uh, that was an upgrade that came, double density was an upgrade that came later. So the, the single density, double density thing was something that existed before the Coco. And so it that's why the DMK format actually has support for that. Cool. And it can support. Yeah, Percom is probably who uh, who who did that. I uh, yeah, that's 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 what I recall from. You know, I'm I myself am not really well versed in uh, Model One, One and Three. That was the whole world. I've never. It was before my time, right? Uh, I was probably like three or four years old when we got our color computer in the very early '80s. So, the this is a whole a whole thing. A- anyway. Um, DMK file is used because it contains the correct formatting. It's able to have the single density and the double density together on the same disk. Yeah, and your JVC DSK format just ain't going to do that because it's just an array of sectors. That's that's correct. That's correct. You there's no there's no way to 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 convey that. And that was the that was the problem with the disk images that were on the color computer archive before was they're just the sector images. And not only that, they've been converted. They don't, uh, they don't have the correct number of sectors in the correct place. You can, it's possible to get those disks to work, but not on, you know, you can't boot a real cocoa with it. I, I, I literally started out and took those and wrote them to a disk and it didn't work. Like my second or third video i think uh i had the video where the thing exploded and blew up when you booted it and uh that's that's if you have the disk formatted wrong it just just goes haywire it expects things to be a certain way and dmk and sdf files uh are able to convey that inf- that formatting information correctly so besides learning flex real well is this going to provide you with a uh, foolproof protection system for any of your software that you write? <laughs> I am not going to. I am not going to copy what they did at all. Yeah, but it seems to be pretty pretty good. I'm, I'm, you know, anything I'm working on, I am not doing it to make any, you know, yeah, uh, I know. Uh, yeah. to make any money off of it. I just put it on on GitHub and say, have fun. You know, if you ask me, even even PyDriveWire, if you ask me questions about it, I'll help you. If you, you know, and I've I've encouraged people, PyDriveWire, uh, people have given me patches and I've taken them. So, you know, I'm definitely more of the 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 because I'm not I'm not doing anything for income. I'm like I'm sharing here. 
learned from you know I learned something from it. I had from I had fun with it. Hopefully, you can look at my project, learn something from it, and have fun with it too. You know, that's more of a '70s kind of uh, homebrew computer club. Oh yeah, you can you know we just you can have anything anything I have, you can have it. It's all all common common uh, good public domain. Now, you have you had experience with any other computer um, like? you know, Apple or, you know, any of the other ones to uh, the similar kind of way that they would lock up a floppy? Uh, app, uh, the copy protection, not yeah. really. <clears throat> I haven't really dealt with, dealt with things at that level. And Apple is extremely unique in that they don't really have a floppy controller chip like we do in the Cocoa. Um, and exists on on IBM so it's and the TRS eighty computers, because because the silicon the chip only understands certain things. There's a limit to the to the the things that you can do to the disk, so that um, and and the controller can still read it and understand what's going on. You have to have certain formatting in certain places. Uh, this would not be the case on the Apple. On the Apple, you can kind of do all kinds of really crazy stuff because essentially the CPU is directly controlling the disk drive, by, and and you can do all kind all kinds of crazy things. You could have things out of order. You could have things missing. You could have have things backwards. You know, uh, whatever. Um, app, the the world of of cracking things on Apple is a lot more a lot harder, and there's a lot more variety. Yeah, well, cool. Which is why you have the applesauce, right, Mikey? I don't have an applesauce. I think I only have one Apple disc. I, mean, I have an Apple IIc, but um, I don't really have much software for it. Applesauce. Hmm? What's that? Uh, um, I, I bet we know a guy who has an applesauce and yeah. another guy. Yeah, yeah. probably. So yeah, that's about uh, half an hour or so about flex. It's probably enough for you guys. Are we well, going? Thanks for, thanks for digging into it and producing all this stuff. This is a well, nice you haven't, you haven't explained once once you get this flex disc going. Is it a pretty powerful system? Yes. Yeah. Or what do you remember do the it? whole five hundred dollar database program? It's available. It runs on flex on a cocoa. <laughs> so. I think there's there's two there's two ways to think about flex, and there's two. I think there's distinctly two two different kinds of users. Okay, you. Uh, I mentioned the you know hacker hacker uh, uh, culture from like the 70s. The you know more more freely sharing of things. So you have the hardware hackers and the software hackers and. They're doing they're doing coding and making hardware and doing things. I think that's one set of users of not specifically color computer flex, but flex in general, uh, because those those guys were the pioneers. They were the you know they bought these computers or built them, and so a second set of users is computers were new and people were interested in using them for real things like business or scientific uses. And because Flex was there, people used the computers for those things. 
So, uh, uh, to be to be honest, Flex on the color computer came out in 1982, and then OS 9 came out in 1983, and just sort of everybody, you know, you can look at Rainbow, and it kind of keeps going until you see things about Flex and Rainbow until 84 and 85. But really, I think most people went to OS 9 and said, uh, this this is the most powerful thing, the closest thing, and Flex just sort of gotten forgotten about. But Flex is sort of powerful and elegant in its simplicity. That the documentation is is very good. They tell you how to how to use the file management system, how to use the terminal system, and that's enough. You know, there's the documentation is good enough that you can use it to make whatever whatever software you want, interface it. You, it, they tell you how to port it from one computer system to another. That's how we got it on the Coco. So um, hopefully, Ron, that sort of gives you a flavor of what people were actually doing with Flex and also answers the question why it didn't really survive. So does anyone use Flex on the Coco now? I don't think so. Oh, so you did all that for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do it for nothing. I I have restored something which was unusable before I came along. If you downloaded what was on the color computer archive, you couldn't use it. It wasn't operable. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Does anyone actually use it now? Well, they could. I didn't know. It didn't I work. OS OS9 just took over. Well, that's where you need. And to everybody forgot game. about it. So, so, so Nick, did, your next game needs to be on Flex. That's the thing is Flex is an o, as a Coco 1 and Coco 2 operating system. There's no advantage using a Coco 3 other than maybe speed. So definitely not, you know, OS 9 went out because it moved forward. Unless you want to build Coco 3 libraries for it. Yeah, um, I, you know, uh, on on the pile of projects is to <laughs> try to port it to Coco 3. Um, but Flex doesn't really has a 64k memory model, so there's not going to be a whole lot of advantage. You could write a program that goes into the MMU and uses more memory, but that's not going to be built into the operating system. It could be if you actually sat and patched it and did it, but I don't think I'm going to go that far. I kind of just want the terminal driver. You could now, do like uh, 80 columns so, and stuff, but yeah, 80 columns. Right. Really. Now another language language um, was CPM, but that was used with a cartridge, right? That was native, like you couldn't throw a floppy. CPM in. is a whole separate world. <laughs> yeah, but it's another different processor. And, and, different and processor. we never, we never, uh, outside of, the, I think you guys mentioned it before. There was some CPM cartridge for the color computer, right? Um, but that's. That's really a sidecar add-on with a different CPU. It's not really running on the Coco. It's just using the color using the Coco for the screen and the keyboard. This is the same thing as the uh I forget what the name of the card on the Apple is, but they have the the Apple Z80 card. The soft card. The soft mm -hmm. card. And they have the the 6809 card for the Apple. Mm -hmm. These all the do exactly the yeah. mill, these all do exactly the same thing. It's a card that has an additional CPU on it and it uses the the disk and to keyboard and, and screen in the base system. That's not the same and RAM. Right. It's not they, the same thing at all. 
as running the operating system directly on you know on your main CPU using your main screen and main terminal and main disk. Does there that make similar, sense, Ron? Yes. They are similar in the sense that CPM is for running a group of Z80-based systems can run a common group of programs that aren't necessarily written for any one of those machines. And Plex, Plex is exactly the same 6809 thing. systems can write run a big group of programs that aren't written for any specific machine in that group, and they can all share them. Yo, so I in that way, the, they're similar. I showed a whole huge directory full of software from just from Frank Hogg. There's hundreds and hundreds of other directories. Um, if it was written for 6809 Flex, and it does not have any special hardware dependencies, like it's just using the terminal and the disk, mostly that software will be able to run on the Cocoa version. There may be a little bit of porting work to get it to fit. We only have a 51 by 24 screen. You might have to coax stuff to fit on the screen, but you know the terminal control codes might be different. But this is just porting stuff. The actual meat, meat of the program is all 6809 code, and it will run on our Cocoa. So it's, it's CPM is exactly the same thing where you have the base operating system and then you can add drivers to it so that you can, uh, typically they're like in ROM, right? They have a DOS and then they have a, it, it's almost identical to Flex. It's just all for Z80 instead of 6809. Okay. So it's basically uh, the 6809's version of CPM, Flex. Um, it's very similar. It's it's a similar idea. Yeah. And didn't they say CPM was a lot like DOS, um, PC DOS? Because yeah, the, uh, the, way the other way around, CPM, <laughs> CPM came first. Okay. Well, so, all right. So, so I got to have it backwards. DOS is, DOS copied DOS a lot of ideas from CPM. <laughs> MS-DOS well, 1.X looks a lot like CPM. The, the disk prompts and the command file names 8.3 and all that. My brain is swelling from all the input. <laughs> That's right. Is your brain ready to explode yet? Yeah, uh, you, 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 Ron, you know every every <laughs> question you ask. I can to talk to you about it for hours and hours. So, <laughs> so trying to sum that up into a few minutes is fun. <laughs> so are, are we ready? Uh, are for you commercial? gonna? Are, are you gonna look at um, putting a eighty column driver for the flex to run on a Coco three? Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Um, cool. and that would probably, I would probably start that with the Stuart, yeah, the Stuart Orchard, uh, implementation, uh, cause that's pretty, pretty clean and mean the video that I just put out, uh, Stuart Orchard's flex OS. Uh, that's probably the place I would start it. Cause that makes sense. I have a, uh, 80 column card that it can stick in the Cocoa two. Would the would word pack work with it? Yeah. Uh, you could write a driver for that. Oh, oh, it's so it could actually work. It's po all this stuff is possible, Ron. It's just, <laughs> just the, just the time, uh, to do the programming and the testing and does Mikey actually have the hardware to, to do the development work? You know, that, that, that so too. You, what you're saying is if you can think it, it can be done. Well, I mean, it's that way with just about everything, right? I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, by now. Okay. Well, you're so, smart. Thank you very note, much. Yeah. <laughs> now we're at now we're at uh, what DefCon level? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't I don't know if we're allowed to make make comments <laughs> from old times. 
So, uh, how, how about we about take a commercial break and then uh, move on? That sounds fine with me. Well, thank thank you, Mikey, thank for you. coming on. Um, good work. Um, what's that? It's a good work. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, there's there's going to be uh, you know, I, I feel I feel like um. I need a little break from the flex stuff. I might work on a couple other things, but there's a lot more, a lot more to do and a lot more to show. And I just sort of want to put it out there that hey, we have this stuff on the cocoa. Um, it's there. You could do it, and just just having fun playing around with it, restoring, bringing something back from the dead, pretty much. Nicely done. All right. Cool. Thanks. Here we go. The Coco Nation Show is an unscripted, live, and interactive broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own, and not necessarily those of the Coco Nation Show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds are encouraged, and a sense of humor is recommended. Thank you for being a part of the Coco Nation. The Coco Nation Show would like to thank the following patrons. Alex Gare, Brendan Donahue, Brian Walsh, Brian Weasler, Karen Ascom, Daddy Burrito, Diego BF109, Dinty's Hideaway, Don Barber, Eric Canales, Glenn Hewlett, Grant Leedy, John, Boat of Car Schaller, Henry Strickland, Justin Larson, Ken Reichard, Mike Rayburn, Patrick Euland, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, R. Allen Murphy, Retro Tech Time, Rob Inman, Rocky Hill, Steve Batson, Terry Stege, Tom C., Tom Gunderson, Tom S., Tony C., and William Athing. Thank you so much, patrons. Welcome to everybody's favorite segment, Who's New to Discord? Valheim Resident says, I'm Chris. Just bought a Color Computer 3 that needs some repair. Have an Amiga 600, that needs work too, OG Color Computer, Tandy 1000X, Atari 800XL, Intellivision Home Computer, C64 and a nice Windows 95 build. We'll post details of the Color Computer 3 repair attempt when I am admitted to the server. Randall S. says, I'm Randall, I never knew much about the Color Computer back in the day as they were barely mentioned in the magazines I read. However, I remember reading about their 6809 CPU and how different it was from 6502 and Z80 chips I was familiar with. I'm looking to learn about and play with all those home computers I ignored back in the 1980s, starting with the Coco and its fairly unique CPU. The previous bios were edited for time. Thanks to, Boysen, Glenside Computer Club, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Tandy Color Computer 3, 
and the Coco Nation patrons for boosting the server. Please consider joining Discord and visiting the welcome section to read these bios in full and see what the community has to offer. Just go to discord.thecoconation.com. See you on Discord! Okay, so let's do the Game On Challenge. Uh, Sloopy, uh, um, basically, uh, it was unable to uh, speak, so we're going to kind of wing this. Okay, we're going to try to get this to work here. Let's see, share this, share this, share that. Okay. <clears throat> this week uh, we played Mind Out by INC Andrew, and the uh, high scores are... Uh, just doing a quick check and make sure that this actually shows. No, it is not. All right, let me bring this, see if I can figure this out. I think you might have to press a key. Uh, well, I don't see it going out over the air, so how about I do it this way? This way, it can go actually go out over the air and everyone else, everyone can see it. There it is. Okay, waiting for uh, Twitch to catch up so nope, I can see it. I'm seeing it. Yep, there we go. Cover up you. I just covered up your face. That's all. All right, game on challenge. Mind out by INC Andrew. Uh, we had twelve mind finders. Number twelve, Ed Rhodes with two sixty five. Number eleven, Mister Dave sixty five oh two with two eighty five. Number ten, Mr Evil. Did it? The uh, 315. Sloopy at number nine got 790. Uh, number eight dead. Damon Beals, 830. Um, number seven, Tasman, 930. Uh, number six, Sabhead, 1050. Number five, Jim Rye at 10.90. Number four, Eight Bits in the Basement, 11.60. Number three, me, 12.05. How in the heck did I do that? Number two, Coconut Bob, 19.60. And the number one miner is... Buck Owens with twenty five eighty five. The Coco Nation salutes Buck Owens. Boy, that's juggling. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, not that screen. Well done, Mark. You got it. You survived. <laughs> Yep, that survived. Mr. Evil Dead. That one. Mr. Evil Dead. Okay. Uh, it too many EDs in there. It got me confused. Huh? <laughs> now what? 
And well, that's the end of the show. Yeah, pretty we did, much. We got did notice there. there's a little Easter egg in the list. Mr. Dave got demoted. Here. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. 309. Yes. But now somehow today he's a 6502. Yeah. <laughs> What's he even yeah. doing in the list? I see that. How did I manage to get third place? Persistent. I'm usually at the other end of the list. It was that dramatic reading. I guess. <laughs> so, um, gee, I don't have any videos or anything else to show on this thing. So do we talk about um, tips and tricks? Neutroid? How to, how do it, or neutroid? <laughs> how about we talk about how you did so well? So, Mark B., how'd you get third place? Uh, well, the strat the strategy I picked up, I did. Um, so, you know, as you're going through, it tells you if you're safe, you're not safe. So, if you hit a not safe, it tells you where you're at. I would back up and kind of look around and see exactly where, uh, you know, where the mine was. Uh, and I could at least eliminate some of them and, and deduce a clear path. It wasn't perfect, but um, I was able to uh, figure out uh, that the you know some of the mines were just on the side of a, a side of me as opposed to in front, so that I can get past. And occasion, especially on like level one, I only ever worried about level one or two. Um, usually, you could uh, somewhere towards the edges. <clears throat> But a, a three, you know, a quarter of the way down or something halfway down, there was usually a clear area running all the way up, and uh, you could you could usually find that um, somewhere uh, either left or right side, but about halfway to the edge. It's like the farther away you got from the middle, the less dense the the mines were. So uh, that's what I did, and it worked for you. Sounds good. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I didn't really get past. I think I saw level four a couple of times, but it was about it. So, anybody else play? Me, no, unfortunately, no. Anybody else here play? Well, I played it quite a bit. Obviously, I made the patch that let. Just oh, yeah. players play it. So And that did help uh that helped quite a bit. Um I think on the patch only one time did I get a out of memory error. Mm -hmm. Um but uh, yeah. that was it. Before I noticed, uh, I noticed a little bit too late after I had posted my disc image that the, the original actually clears twenty seven hundred and I only had twenty six hundred, so Okay. It worked a little bit better, but it still crashed. Okay. But after well, I changed it to 2700, I haven't had it crash since. Other than that, pretty okay. fun game. Dave and Sharon Veery in the chat uh, basically says uh, uh, tip for the game you hit break and then you uh, uh, type a command line to put in your score. Just save your score to the variable. <laughs> <laughs> just multiplying it by 10. Score equals score times 10. 
Yeah, there we go. Uh. Okay. Um. I guess. Uh, let's see. Um, I'll need a few minutes to find the game on um, the Thursday uh, showing. Let me see if I can pull that up and show it. Uh, yep, got to go to Google here. So this was kind of last, uh, very last second, and we haven't tried it this way before. Random experiments done while you watch. That's right. All right, let's see. All right, so here we got the live. I'm just going to throw it up in the corner so that we can all, you know what? Try this. Should be able to. Uh... Oh, this is going to make a mess. Dang it. Zoom, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> uh, all right. I guess we'll try it this way. Uh, eh, let's Show on see. the road, I guess. Yeah, mute that. So we had, uh, what, what, five, six of us at the time? Until I uh, ended up going to bed. And then I haven't seen uh, haven't seen what happened afterwards. So so here we got five. So we're playing uh, two games this week. We're playing, uh, of course, uh, Mind and Quicks. That's the game we got going on for next week. Uh, so, uh, Robert, anything to, anything to say? It's like, uh, I think uh, you and I were, uh, the only ones on the panel right now that were on this thing on, on Thursday. Um, yeah, as far as kicks goes, that one is, is fun, but very frustrating at times. I get a lot of, uh, just the slightest movement on a joystick and it, it can stick you in a in a place that you can't move in any direction or if you're lucky one direction but uh, I've, I've died many times just not being able to move my my cursor around is that quicks or the other game yeah quicks all right uh let's see like if you move up like one pixel accidentally you can't move left or right yeah, like if you're in the junction. Yeah. You know, junction of a T somewhere, you kind of would get stuck. Yeah, it gets a little bit frustrating, but it's one of those games that keeps you trying. I like Mind Out. Keep going back, trying to trying to make that next level. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, well, we could announce next week's uh, game. If we had one. Oh, you haven't got one. Okay. <laughs> New Troy. <laughs> yeah, we didn't quite get that far. So I'm thinking that 
we're probably going to have to refer you to the Discord Game On Challenge for oh, hopefully pick, a future pick, announcement to... Pick one. We'll have a vote and we'll just pick one. Then, uh... <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> any nominees? No, droid. <laughs> battle. Color script set versus color script set two. We could uh, do another basic game. Well, at least with scripts at the manual, maybe spelled better than the ones I've been reading recently. <laughs> Let me have a look and see if I can suggest anything on my. Uh, or we could just leave it as to whatever game you want. New toy. <laughs> I think it should be New Troy. Same with Chef Ali, where everybody just brings whatever they want. Yeah. Weeks. We, I mean, we got these slackers off at Boat Fest, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So do we do a boat-related game? Sub-battle simulator? Well, we've done the... What was it? Gray something or another? Let me see yeah. if I can pull up the list of what we have uh, done in the past here. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, Brian, that's what I thought. Paul's poker game, video poker that just came out. Um, that's a good idea. Did, no, that might be a good idea. Um, yeah. And, or 60 suggests block down because you know we're, we we need more Tetris in our lives. <laughs> I know from the chat. We'll play Diardos. Oh, <laughs> wow. Hey, I think that has like snipes or something on it, doesn't it? <laughs> there you go. I thought or, that one was the snipes one. Or the mouse dexterity uh, tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Actually, you know says microbes. We've already done Neutroid. Yeah, I think we have. Fembot's <laughs> Revenge. Oh, yeah. We got some good votes coming in from the, from the chat. I think we should let the chat pick. What do you think? Yeah, let the chat pick. Okay. Uh, let's see. Scroll up here a little bit. Let's see who we got. Uh, we have 19 viewers on YouTube, and probably about 10. We have seven on uh, yeah, Twitch, see, and one see or a two. total 27. Yep. Okay, put in so, their suggestions, and we'll yep. so we'll be the panel to select. Sounds okay. good to me. So, honestly, I don't know anything about any of these games. So, oh, read them out and. Uh, all right, so we got Paul's poker game. Is that got some sort of a scoring? Uh, uh yeah, I don't know. Your cash. <laughs> okay. Uh, cash block down. Tetris. Yeah. Yep. Um, block down sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, block down's on the top of the list so far. Uh, let's see. We got uh, microbes. Mm. So, Haven't we played that before? I'd have to go through the whole spreadsheet there. Um, I think we played Adam, which is similar to 
microbes, I think, isn't it? That that might be what. Yeah, I think so. We got Fembot's Revenge. Oh, I don't know that. I that's, is, there, that is that a game? I think that's yes. a new one. New Dragon game. Okay. Uh, let's see. A redo of Galagon. Um, and then we got Predator. Oh, Predator, yeah. David's lad can show us that one. We actually discussed that in the pre-show. <laughs> well, it was turned down. It was a bad idea then. Still Predator. a bad idea now. Well, we did say the chat suggests, so here we go. What was a bad joke before has now become a legitimate possibility. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I heard Blockdown, right? Uh, Blockdown Blockdown was there, yeah. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Okay. Marco was asking for uh, a bowling or golf game, uh, if there's any. Uh, me, so far on the list, my choice, I think, would be Blockdown. Although I've never seen it, so I hope it's good. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you Tetris. don't like it, you know who to blame and who to yell at. As yeah, if okay. Sixty hasn't gotten enough yelling this week about x <laughs> So are we going to vote here? <laughs> Want to review the list? I have uh, Pulse, Poker Game, Blockdown, Microbes. Uh, Fembot's Revenge. Uh, was it Galagon? And uh, who was a P? Predator. A Predator, right? And then uh, uh, um, basically bowling, golf, and now we have color baseball and Robocop. Have we ever played Trap Ball? We trap also ball? have a Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> what is there an OS9 game? We were talking about it. You know, selecting an OS nine game uh, a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, that's something we kind of we need to do at some point. But we uh, need to do an OS nine game. Yeah, uh, I think what OS nine games that have a score can we use? Uh, can I throw a- out a question here about which one would be the worst for Curtis and Tim <laughs> to, have to, uh, to have to come back to? That's you know, which one's going to get us the biggest bang for the buck there. Leisure uh, Suit Larry does have a score. <laughs> You're supposed to score, but whether well, you no, it has a, it has a score and it is OS nine, so. You know. <laughs> Ooh, I see the connection there. Well, do we want an adventure? Yeah, yeah actually, we haven't had an, an adventure game, have we? <laughs> you can all yeah, play. Yeah, um, but- my but honestly, is Leisure Suit Larry something that uh, is family friendly enough? <laughs> I've never, I've never seen it, so I have an idea. And my ten-year-old had a blast. With <laughs> <laughs> a new math tutor. Oh no, that was different. Uh, and then can everyone run the uh, uh, OS nine on there? I guess you just copy it to the SDC, and away it goes. Yeah. Nick, did you send money to Sixie? He says clearly Neutroid again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait for the new version. Wait for the new version. <laughs> George threw out another vote for poker, so that's two for poker from the chat. Hmm. Okay. So which poker uh, game? Isn't there more than one? Video poker from uh, Paul oh, Schumacher. The latest Paul one. Schumacher. Okay. Yeah, well, we could try that. It's a new one. I don't know how to play poker, but anyway. See what happens when we don't have adult supervision. Uh, okay. Well, 
Poker. It's a new game. Yeah, let's do it. Let me see what block no, down I'm okay looks like that. here. Uh, it up on my screen. <laughs> yeah, that's the block down. Oh. Has anyone got a the poker one? We can then just do a vote between block down and uh, poker. Haven't we played any MC10 games? Uh, um, the video poker was... came out for the MC10 first and just came out for the Coco 1 and 2. And the cross-platform ones uh, was on MC10 as well as... Uh... Oh, is the poker one available for M MC10 as well, is it? Uh, I believe so, yes. Oh, maybe we should do the poker then. All right, so there's Blockdown. Oh, hey. Blockdown looks like exciting. a good one. Or MC10, look at that. Which isn't doing squat for, oh, uh, what am I doing here? All right, I'll have to figure out how to work it with VCC because I have, don't have my joystick plugged in. Oh, well, let's make it uh, the poker one. It's that new one by Paul. So, where would you get it from? Right, uh, Discord or HIO? It's uh, on the Facebook page. Of yep. you can download it for free. Yeah, I, I have it. I have it in my uh, my show notes. Yeah, I think it, it mentions HIOs to get it. HIO. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't see uh has been uploaded here to uh Facebook. There is a link. Looks so. like lockdown just crashed on me. Oh no. It's space, it, but it didn't continue. Okay. Should poker put lockdown is. on the back burner back burner for next suggestion. Yeah, I'll poker because it's a new one by Paul. So and if it works, if he has an MC ten version as well. Okay, is there a link available? Everybody goes. Uh, yeah. Put the link into the chat. Yeah, Exile just threw one up for the the Cocoa version, and we'd have to go back into the history to find the uh, the uh, MC10 version. Or it's on the same itch site. Just oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, you just have to look at Shoemaker's. Uh, it, it, there's there's links to all the other stuff that he has on HIO as well. So. All right. Okay, so. Uh, it would be so the score would be your money. credits at the end, yeah, your credits, whatever money, yeah. Or we're completely messing it all up, and you'll hear all about it next week. Next week, <laughs> well, that'll that'll teach him for being away, exactly. Plus, all, plus Paul will get all the bug reports, yeah, because this program has yeah. been extensively beta tested, especially Thursday night when you show up to play it live on the stream. <laughs> So, so you start off with 100 credits. Um, so at what point do you, like, get killed and that's your high score? Or you play until well, you're broke? Zero, you're, you're broke. broke and you played too long, obviously. Yeah, it's like real poker. Until you get tired of it and you have a huge, huge wad of uh, credits. And then you record that. <laughs> oh, man. I want to see the video poker showdown on Thursday nights with everybody actually... Yeah. Set a time limit. Real time. Yeah, you go broke, you're dead. <laughs> and if you don't, whatever you get in three hours is what you get. Mm, man, this actually sounds like a plan. We have like an internet client that we can all have our Cocos playing together the same game. <laughs> Not yet, but we're there working was, on it. There was right. something that someone pointed out in one of the recent shows 
that there, we were going to hear more about at some point where you could remote control things and do those multiplayer games like that. Yeah. Go back and look for that. Maybe talk about it on Thursday night. Yep. Okay, video poker it is. Uh, it looks yeah, like uh, we've somehow, <laughs> through our process of scientific calculation. It was a process? And procrastinating. <laughs> well, even explosions are a process. <laughs> Very chemical one, actually. But and if no one likes it, we can blame David Lab. <laughs> no, we blame Ken for being wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Nick, don't get me started on you today. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the Coco version. Yes. Um, or both, is, really? I don't know why you couldn't play either one. Yeah, I reckon. I mean, wouldn't it play the same? It's supposed yeah. to. It looks like it. Because we've had games. We've had games before which uh, have MC10 and Coco versions. Can we have a MC10 handicap? No. You know, like 300 points, 400, 500, <laughs> 800 points? Because of the keyboard? <laughs> well. How Ken's going to score this, I have no idea. The, the, that's what that's, he gets for taking a day off. Exactly. The, this is not a problem we have to solve. <laughs> Leave it for our predecessors. What well, I well, like watch out for, though, is if Paul shows up, somehow he's able to royal flush fairly often. <laughs> and uh, he, there may be a key combination. We might have an Easter egg hunt as well for how he's mm. throwing the random function. But, uh, yeah, he posted a screenshot of, the, uh, of a flush on the MC10 version. And then he posted the announcement of the Coco 1 and 2 version, and then almost immediately posted another screenshot of a flush right there. So <laughs> either he's doing a lot of testing, or lot. there's there's conspiracy theories afoot on the Discord about what's going on with the uh, random function and whatever. Yeah, it could be he has a test mode. So. Well, he's claiming it's the force. So, <laughs> yeah, the force of his fingers on the keys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll believe that when he goes to an actual casino and replicates it in real life. Poker it is. Whoever gets the most money wins. So video poker from Paul yeah. Shoemaker. That's the game. Uh, there's the there's the title screen right there. Oh, Mr. Dave said, uh, how about a week where we program our own basic game and then play it? Or, yeah. Gary or a, uh, a, a 10 liner. Yeah, yeah. Ten liner makes makes sense. Yeah, then Jim Gary wins, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but well, that's that's it. Everyone writes a game, and then we see who beats it by how bad. Well, maybe we should do that instead of voting. We did something similar to that uh, with one where we designed the levels. Yeah, I have a Remember ton of uh, co um, rainbow on disc. And they have a lot of programs in there. But you're going to write your own. So you're going to cheat and just borrow so, yeah. it. Gonna gonna cheat. Else's. Who's going to look it up? It's going to be a pixel swap, isn't it? Now that you told us. Hacked by Ron on the credit. We're not. <laughs> I'll give him credit. <laughs> Jim Gary says, I'm tired of basic. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, when you've reached the end of basic, Jim, that's probably expected. Right. I think every type in on Earth has now been at least looked at. Well, we could change the rules, make it uh, a five-liner. 
best game in five lines. When it can't have the words "Hello World" in it. <laughs> statement lines. It's not a game. In. That's a demo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. All well, right. Decided. What is it? Poker. Yeah, it's the it's poker by shop Paul Shoemaker. Okay, poker by Paul Shoemaker. That's it. And in the chat that's uh, already scrolled off the top was the uh, link. And it will be in the show notes, and it's on the Discord, and it's on and the Facebook. And I'm going to have it in a new segment in a few minutes. Yep. All so right. Third one up in the uh, game news, I think. Well, done. All right. So good, good luck, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever makes the most dollars wins. Time for Mr. Shoemaker to start charging for the game right now. Well, <laughs> he sort of does. It, it, There's, it's uh, available on Itch, and there is a suggested amount that comes up if you would like to donate. There's the ability to to send more than that if you would like to donate more. Um, but you can also freely available download it to evaluate it and or just have it for the fun of it. So how <clears> much for uh, the all codes? possible. How, How much, much for the code? <laughs> <laughs> the cheat codes. Oh, I want yeah. the royal flush code. How much for that? Yeah, the player's guide. There you go. I heard <laughs> the game is know. free. The game is free. The cheat codes cost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you don't pay for it, a screen comes up and goes cheapskate. Isn't that what they call it? It'll say Rondell Lowe is a cheapskate, and then the, <laughs> the game will play. <laughs> Uh, isn't that the EA model for loot crates or something? Is that if you don't want to actually play the game, you can just pay them more money and you will then suddenly level up and win or something? Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. That wow. sounds like my kind of game. Whoever pays the most is the winner. Yeah. That <laughs> does seem to be how some of those come out. <clears throat> I have SNH green stamps. <laughs> right. For my uh, grandma. You're old, Ron. All right. That's it. Moving on. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, looks like we don't have any reports yet from the venues. So. Uh, if there's no reports, do they actually exist? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the box stays closed. I don't know what's in there. Uh, any project updates? I got one. Okay. Okay. So, what you're looking at here, let me, obviously something's missing. Uh, hang on, let me get. Uh, Power cord. Okay. You're not plugged in. I got you blown up now. Now you can show us. Okay. So. A battery operated. For the okay. benefit of the uh, audio listeners, there's basically no power cord on this color computer. Wi-Fi. Power? Nice. In fact, it's you can't really see in there, oh, but um, it's got a, got a yeah, it's a, it's ah, a USB-C USB. connection. Nice. But it's a for a PD power supply. So um, inside is a, a little trigger module that'll uh, tell the power supply to run at 12 volts. What is PD? For those who don't do USB-C, uh, this week's power adapter. So, PD is a uh, power distribution, I guess, or, or power delivery. Power delivery. That's it. Power yeah. delivery power supply. 
basically like a, a new kind of a unified standard uses the USB-C plug, but the device actually tells it what voltage it wants. So it can put out five volts, nine yes. volts. So the 12. device and the power supply negotiate yeah. the... Right. Yeah, Apple's been using that for a while on their MacBooks for the USB-C power. And then uh, I think some of the new Dell laptops are using the new power delivery 3.1, which does 140 yeah, watts. You keep taking parts out of the cocoa. <laughs> Where is the rest of the cocoa? <laughs> but it like, still works. No. This one works good, actually. 128k though yeah um this one i was actually gonna ship this to europe and then the guy ended up uh not wanting it anymore so i had uh taken out the two the 512 and reverted it to 128 but this is going to go back to being my main daily machine you're so, all ready for an emp huh yeah <laughs> can't really or room to put more mods so very cool right yeah oh yeah think of it that way <laughs> all you need is one of rick's keyboards <laughs> and how come one of those capacitors is uh lazy um laying over yeah, i did that for the shipping because that capacitor was the only thing left sticking up about you know two inches inch and oh. a half okay I had taken the heat sink off. Uh, this is converted to run, you know, with a pepper board. So you don't oh, need okay. the transistor and the heat Is sink. that on there too? Yep. You want to show it to us? It'd be neat to Speaking see. My, still using my repaired Mylar keyboard here. That's nice working. Much. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so point out the pepper board. So up, here's up the lazy there. capacitor. Up a little. Bring it up a little. There, we go. there you go. There you go. Here's the lazy capacitor that's normally standing upright. And then this is the actual pepper board. I can take this out because it's socketed. Cool. And the uh, salt chip normally goes there. And tell us what does that do? So basically, uh, Pedro designed this uh, pepper board to replace the salt chip which will, when you run off of uh, DC, um, basically you don't, you lose power to the RS-232 and the uh, cassette port. So you can't Everything, do, yeah. yeah, you can't do any cassette operations or any serial port stuff. And this uh, pepper board will basically replace that functionality when you're running all off the of missing DC. voltages. So basically every single analog thing that the Coco 3 has, the joystick comparisons, the cassette port, everything goes through that the salt mm -hmm. chip. Mm -hmm. So nope. you need the pepperboard to do anything off the back panel at all. Now another reason is because the salt chips are not available, correct? Correct. That's probably true, but I do have a spare. <laughs> Lucky man. Oh yeah, because you put the pepperboard in, so now you got a spare. <laughs> actually, I think on, on custom chip, just like the gimme is. On this board, it was actually fried. This was my original Coco Three that I had repacked, and I think I hooked up the power wrong, and it it fried that chip. It fried that. Uh, 
transistor transistor i don't know something was weird in it so that was a learning example exactly and, and now you'll never do that again not that way that's good <laughs> yeah nice Very yeah nice. that's i just i i really don't uh like having a cord constantly attached especially you know, my desk, and it's funny. I want to swap it out. Couldn't you almost put a laptop battery under the um, keyboard? Absolutely. And Actually, have... Ron, he could uh, where the transformer was that he removed. You could put in there probably eighteen six fifties there. That might be big enough for eighteen six fifty lithium ion cells. You could probably or... stack up nine of them there. Mm -hmm. Or let's see, you could take uh, power tool batteries and make an adapter there. Oh, geez, I wonder who did that at the Cocoa <laughs> yeah, Fest. I just I think it's, it's really cool that, that, your, that your choice of connector doesn't require modifying the Cocoa in any way. That little oval shape from the power cord is yeah. all you need for the uh, USB-C to fit in. There's no hacking and sawing and... Yeah, I did have to on the top half here. Um, I think I extended it oh. up about a, a millimeter with a little tiny round file. So, How yeah. dare you use those? But it doesn't look like any of my old cases that have all kinds of screw holes and extra brackets. Right. And <laughs> well, my Coco 3P is like that. So I'll, Let me I'll ask keep you all so. the holes in that one. So when you hook this up to a, the electric and everything and get it, put it up on the screen, um, because of uh, there's not a transformer there, um, do you think the uh, picture is actually nicer or anything? Have you noticed? Um, I haven't really noticed because I'm going through the you know HDMI or a VGA output anyway. Oh, okay. So they're pretty, pretty crisp. But if you tried the, uh, you, you don't have... You have composite though, still, right? Or no? I have composite on. Because uh, you took LCD, it's on on the LCDs. It's pretty crappy, but it's it's like that regardless. Yeah, uh, taking off the can didn't really change that at okay. all. And I, I'll probably put that back. I still have it. This one has a sixty-three oh nine. Um, I'll probably switch back to the eighty-seven guinea. And then this will be my daily for a while. Hey, Bob. Rocky Hill actually says, uh, as Pedro says, that's a nice mod, very clean. And he said, there's enough room there now for a battery out of a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> Harley battery or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely put some stuff in there. Maybe, a, I don't know, a floppy disk drive. <laughs> Why not? Uh a few slots for uh you know like a multi-pack hack the cabinet on top and have a whole bunch of boards sticking up yep i did think about having one underneath the board actually like on yeah. the bottom right there is just enough room to like solder a connector on on the bottom of the board but it'd be a little tricky Nice job. Thank you. Definitely. I'll be doing more of these so that I can swap out my desk at will. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We ready for the news? Mark. He's preparing. I am. I have most everything ready to go. I was just responding to Scott Cooper here about paying the next week, next week's game winner, real money. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you got to do the payout. How do we arrange that? <laughs> All right. Well, let me say do you're this. really, truly ready for the news, though. And how do we know that they didn't Photoshop it? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm ready whenever. All right. Let's go ahead and do the intro. When you want the latest in TRS-80, Tandy, Dragon, MC-10, and all of their hardware cousins, no matter what it takes, or where news breaks, from around the world, to your nation, News with L. Curtis Boyle. Today, special guest presenter, Mark Overholzer. I know. Rob does great work. Thank he you, does. Rob Inman. Hey, and I want to put a shout out. I really appreciate all the Patreons, the people who send a few dollars every month to us that helps pay for the restream and the actual Zoom account and all the other little things that we uh, have to pay money for. Coco Nation these, donuts. And then these <laughs> unexpected expenses like uh, Game on Challenge payouts. <laughs> Thank you, Scott Cooper. Okay. So let me see if I can share a screen here with audio. Hmm. Desktop, desktop. Yeah, probably desktop. Which one do I hmm. So I don't do this very often, so I'm trying to figure out which one I want here. Yeah, and Zoom doesn't always behave like you think it ought to. Probably should just share my web browser since that's where everything is. Looks like you're in my time zone, Mark. Me? Yeah, the clock on the yeah, wall. Yeah, actually you there. are. I actually am because you're on standard time and I'm yeah. on daylight time. And we are the same now. Until the change again. That um, was supposed to take up some time. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Boy, I absolutely have too many windows open here. What am I looking at? Okay, that is the color computer one. Sorry about this. So that is when it says Paul Shoemaker's video poker game. So if I find that stupid window. See, this sounds just like Curtis doing the news already. Good job. Uh, too many browsers, too many tabs. What am I looking at? Where did I leave it? Yeah, honestly. Honestly, the uh, browser window I want is not showing up in my list of things I can select. And that's oh there it is okay and i want to share sound probably and optimize for video clips that's probably a good idea to share okay um this was uh the third story in the little list of things um but i will jump back to the beginning of the list so this is kind of a little bit hectic here because basically um curtis uh selected some of the news up through about wednesday and then uh, handed me that, and I had to collect everything since then. So hopefully I didn't miss everything. Hey, is it just me, or did this turn into, like, really horrible pixel mush? This is not an apple, like... Uh... Yeah, this. The, he did this... You might, or Mark, Mark, you're doing this on the cocoa. I am? <laughs> yeah, Looks you, like you, you used that digitizer. <laughs> you got bandwidth of zippity somehow. 
That could be. So what are you seeing right now? A few random pixels that sort of look like YouTube. I got you. Let me, uh, let me turn off the Something video about tuberculosis at the bottom there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marco, I think that option you picked for video streaming might uh, be cutting it way down somehow. You're good. Good point. Let me uh, stop that and I'll try again here. And I'm going right. to turn off my camera too. So I'll go back here. What? Okay, let's try this again. Share screen. Everything for the share. For the share. <laughs> really? Okay. And I find a stupid window again. I closed most of my tabs, actually. <laughs> ah, okay, there's that one. Yep, okay. And we're not optimized for video clip. Where's your sound? Okay. I could have taken a potty break. You still can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's hey, much better. Go. Oh, look at better. that. Okay, no, it cool. does not say tuberculosis at the bottom. Okay, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me know. It's like I said, Mr. Uh, L. Curtis Boyle gave me a few notes, and then I had to collect the rest here. So if I missed somebody last half of the week, blame me. First half of the week, blame Curtis. Okay, so starting with the Game On news, um, uh, this is uh, Todd Horsch, I guess, of Yark, yet another retro channel, posted a video showing a half dozen arcade transcoats on the Coco 3. Donkey Kong by Sockmaster, Space Invaders by Mark McDougal, Defender, Joust, Robotron, 2084, and Pac-Man by Glenn Hewitt. Anyway, here's the video. These are all in the show notes, by the way. You can already download them from our channel on the Coco Discord under uh, News Stories, I believe it is. Uh, shout anyway. out for the icon there for Yark, because I recognize the Moon Wizard there. Nice. Yep. Right out of Dungeons of Daggeroth. So do we want to... green's a little dark there. It's just black, so I can... Hello. And welcome back to oh, yet another you. retro channel. Anyway, I don't want to play all of this. Go check out his channel. But uh, probably we can skip through this a little bit and see. Maybe. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like he has any uh, uh, chapters. So Today's video is a little different. I have okay, I'm going to leave this for now. Okay, um, anyway, he covers those games. He got the link. Shout out. Thank you very much for doing this, uh, Todd. Why does, he, uh, why does he say it's a little different? Good because question. These are the real arcade games running on a home microcomputer of the era. That those arcade games were still in the arcade. Rather and, than being clones or, or yeah, originals. The, and the fact that the Coco 3 actually in the right hands can do that kind of stuff. Isn't that's way different. I would say in the right hands is the key words. Yep. Okay. Moving along. Is that okay? Yep. Okay. Driving. Next up, Amigos Retro Gaming, otherwise uh, known as the Coco Show. This is their latest episode for the Coco on basically is karate, I guess, by Dicom. Anyway, ridiculous banter. See, I love they put chapters on there. Let's hit that. See what we get. Before there was Street Fighter 2, there was the original one-on-one -on -one fighting game. Find out all about it from the bad boys at Tandy. It's us at the Coco Show. That's a nice intro. The ridiculous banter on that one is great, too, because both of these guys really like martial arts. 
and have been doing them for years. So hi everybody, welcome. Catch up on the Coco Show. It, this is this is where Curtis and Ken are. Is they're hanging out with these guys at both real Fest. life. That's right. In real life. The live the guy on the left. So the the this every one of their episodes, the humor alone is enough to floor you. If you have not seen all 45 episodes, you really do owe it to yourself to try. And if you really, really, really are a glutton for punishment and know how to use a pause button, uh, the guy on the right, Aaron, he did an 18-hour stream of a whole bunch of the Coco Show stuff. So you can kind of catch up all in one big dash. So enjoy it. But yes, that one, I really enjoyed that one. Jump up here for a moment to see the action here. This looks pretty cool, actually. 64K. Right. The Coco, if you've got an expanded Coco 1 or Coco 2, I mean, you can play it on anything. It And it's competitive fun. Mm -hmm. You've got to put yourself in the framework of the Coco. Now, this is 1985. Okay. When it, this didn't come out like 83, yeah. 84. So you're well in yeah. at this point. So maybe. Oh, that's impressive. It looks like they actually use like um, um, frame capture stuff to get the actual motion. It's nice looking. Any other discussion? Any blood in this one? Not that I can see so far. Um, only if you're playing competitively with your own family. Uh. <laughs> and it's great for that. We talk about that quite a bit in the review. <laughs> okay, moving along. Um, this is a story that I found here, uh, video poker. We're going to actually, this is our game of the week. We're going to play, uh, basically Paul Shoemaker has released this for the regular Coco. And if you go out to his itch.io site, which the link is there and in our show notes, uh, you'll be able to see the MC 10 version he released previously. Um, and of course the most credits win. And of course, if you go broke, well, I guess you could start over again before the end of the week, but anyway, um, I don't know if there's any example. I guess I could yeah, I posted the MC10 link into the uh, show chat as well. For, for Thank fun. you much. Yeah, this just has the uh, uh, Facebook one. I probably should add the, the uh, HIO link in there. So I click on this, see where it takes us here. It takes you to the HIO. Okay, so this is what the HIO site looks like. Video Poker Standard Edition. Yeah, some things for the various games. See what it looks like. Yeah, not too bad at graphics. Pretty cool. I think if you go to the link... Uh, view all by Shoemaker's last software. I think that might show everything else, won't it? Ah, yeah. Yeah, it does. Promo oh, all of Paul's right. other games. That Pull is a guy very, Gold Rush. Very professional looking. There's all the poker. Poker Squares. Poker Squares Coco 3. Poker Squares Original. Uh, this is the re-release of Dungeon Crawl. that has the uh, open source graphics. Um, here's the two poker, Coco games here. Video yes, Poker MC10. So these are the two we're playing this week. Video Poker MC10, Video Poker Standard. I don't see why it'd be any different to play on one or the other. So pick your favorite platform. Okay, moving along. Now I've got to learn uh, how to play poker. Yeah, I don't really play poker <laughs> <too>. either. Uh, <laughs> Richard Kelly, I've been following him on Facebook for years and years. He keeps throwing out all kinds of cool stuff. This is his maze creator. He went out a couple... A couple of weeks ago, as I remember, this is the updated one that uh, uses it says a better maze making algorithm. So uh, it's really cool to look at the code on these sorts of things and look at the type of games they create. And uh, 
anyway, so this looks. I mean, definitely get his code and check it out. Is that something where um, you like uh, they do points for how long it takes you to get out? Um, yeah, theoretically, you could create a maze, and then somebody has to solve the maze. You know, work through it. I, so I don't could, know if he's. Couldn't this be a game? No. Yeah, th theoretically, it could be. Um, you, you'd be timed on how long it takes you to escape. I don't know if it just generates the maze or if it's, uh, or if it's uh, actually it like has a game. The maze and the solution. And the solution. Yeah, theoretically, you could use to generate a maze. If it could be exported, you could make a game where you could play it. So you create a screen and then get timed. So yeah, theoretically, it could be a game. Hopefully, that gets uploaded to the archive as well. So that looks pretty nice. I like it. I think he usually does. Bob, but I'll check. So, uh, let's see. Uh, moving along, uh, Davy Mitchell um, has uh, this. I believe was in the Dragon. It's actually in the Dragon group, uh, but it's uh, basically uh, some sort of typing game. Uh, crashed into Wall appears to be a racing game of some sort, and uh, I think yeah, I don't know if he actually uh, uploaded it or not. He has a video here. All of his code that once he's gotten it typed in and, and up and working, he has a Git repo that okay. uh, he's linked to. And you'll see it pop up in the Git repo within a few days after he posts about it. Excellent. So, yeah, I don't see a link here, but I'll see if I can chase one down and add it to the show notes. I probably got it around here somewhere. Let me go load. Okay. Thank you much. Anyway, uh, and there is one other game that uh, came up. This was uh, from our new suggestion channel. This is actually ZX Spectrum games, and these are interesting because they are written by primary school students in the UK, and they're actually targeting the ZX Spectrum. And you're asking, why are we covering this on a cocoa shell? Well, I know there's oh, those guys over. Hmm? Why are we covering this on a cocoa shell? There we go. There we go. That. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, as far as I know, there's uh, some people over in Europe that have been porting the ZX Spectrum games to the, uh, the Cocoa 1 and 2 and the uh, uh, Dragon. And so wow. these are potential new games. <laughs> So, anyway, these are all primary school pupils. Um, it seems like be working in teams mainly. Uh, anyway, there's just a cool. plethora of games they have available, and it's kind of cool to see, uh, you know, uh, kids uh, younger than teenagers that are actually working on programming and making uh, making simple games. Hmm. In basic, that's what it looks like. Oh. Uh, one I of think those it's uh, potty training uh, <laughs> game. Be nice. <laughs> They're older than that. Yeah. Just going for the laughs. Okay. 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 I'll <laughs> let you. I'll let you. And that's as much as the news I figured out this week for game news. Oh, so. you did well. Well, I only contributed half of it. By the way, I started with the, the Facebook stuff. Uh, um, Curtis gave me the first two, and then I picked up the next four. Okay, so moving on here to uh, the regular news. Oh, I do need to put in a couple uh, uh, notices here. Uh, we are going to be having a guest on August 12th by the name of Matt Harper. He's the developer of Wizard's Den that was sold by Tom Mix Software. And on August 19th, we have another programmer from the Contras for Sundog Systems, Doug Mastin. And Glenn Dahlgren is supposed to be along, too, to... Uh, as a co-host, co-interviewer. Anyway, um, let's see. Do, 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 do. We co-interviewing Doug about the most ambitious Cocoa 3 games done at that time, 1991 to 1993. So, yeah, put that on your calendar. 
August 12th and August 19th. Also, reminder, our, uh, our show sponsor, Frank from Retro Rewind, does want to remind you stock replenishment will be slow for the next month or two due to his recovering hand uh, wrist surgery. So please bear with Frank as he tries to keep up with demand. Did he, okay. did he just trip over the cat or something? Yeah, something like that. But it sounds like he actually <laughs> had to go ahead and get surgery for his, uh, his boo-boo. Evidently, smoke came out of his hand. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it looks like. Right. It, anyway. it was one of those head or wrist ideas. He decided wrist. Anyway, our first little story here is uh, our uh, our interviewee last week, uh, Dave of Coco Town, uh, threw up a little video on his channel thanking us for inviting him on. Hi, everybody. Just a quick video to say thank you to the folks at the Coco Nation who invited me onto their show as a guest. Uh, it was quite an honor to be there among a panel of legends of Coco history, and I had a lot of fun. A super friendly group of folks. If you would like to see the video, I put a link in the description. Otherwise, thank you for watching, and I will see you next time. Who changed the script from uh, Misfits to uh, Legend? <laughs> we had to pay him for that, but you know. Anyway. That's what the Patreon goes to. Thank, thank you, Dave, uh, and we're glad to have you on. You're doing some really good work. And uh, also, you can see that I'm subscribed, and he has 80 subscribers. Please subscribe and like and uh, show Coco Town some love. Moving on, uh, TRS-80 Retro Programmer has a new video up. So uh, he's been uh, putting these out for, what, about two years now, a year and a half? He's got some really good videos out. I've been watching some of his stuff, too. Anyway, this is his latest installment, it looks like. Um, and he has Tales of Model Rocket Graphics. So I haven't looked at this one too much. Maybe I should um, play button and see what we get. I said that I was going to draw a rocket up here. Um, in the title area, this is the game identifier area. I'm not sure what you call it, but it stays with you through the entire game. And I've gotten rid of the sound. I just turned it all the way down because every time I try to make a video, um, the sound gets in the way of uh, me speaking and... <laughs> I think, you know, last time I thought it was turned off, and it wasn't. Unfortunately, it looks like he only has this one screen up the entire time, so. Nine minutes. Do you recommend his channel? He's got some good stuff on there. Comments? Questions? Nope, he just keeps adding more and more to it. Actually, uh, he writes that um, line of script up there with uh, basic, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. This game is it's all basic. pretty challenging to do that, isn't it? There's some, uh, one of his videos back in time, he goes into that font and the writing. Yeah. Cool. And uh, that's not helpful. Sorry, I've got the pop-up for, uh, for uh, um, Zoom is telling me to, what do you want to do? So uh, Coco Town actually has a new video out this week. Uh, talking about the differences between poking values directly under the screen and actually printing using the uh, uh, BIOS. Or, uh, yep. 
Anyway. wasn't planning to post this video. The next video you're going to see after this one was the one I was planning to post now. But while I was working on the code, I ran into something surprising, something I don't know if I ever knew. Maybe I knew and I forgot, and it's just been a long time, and I don't know, but it's not ringing any bells or anything. I was quite surprised. A little bit agitated. Maybe you could see I'm a little bit agitated, just because uh, why? Like, why? So uh, in the code, you know, I'm writing some assembly code. I'm writing little strings, and I'm just going to have it, like, print to the screen. But I'm not going to use the ROM printing utilities because I want it to go in various places, I'm not just doing it, you know, like line by line by line by line. So I just, you know, directly storing them into the video memory. And I was like, what the strings that I have there are just going to go in there. But did they? Did they? Did they do what they were? No, they didn't. So. And you'll have to watch the video to find out the answer. Well, his voice is not monotone. Nope. Mm -mm. Nice and dynamic. Yes. He, he, he just banged his head against a particularly odd wall. And uh, yeah, once you, once you see where it comes from and why, it makes total sense. But when you first try that, hey, why does one method do one thing and the other method does something else entirely? Yep, that could be a little bit interesting. That'll be fun. I'm, I'm going to watch that one. Okay, um, this is another one, Gadget Reboot. We did a video on uh, digital analog joysticks, and most people recognize that there as the technical reference manual for the Color Computer 1. All back in its glory, you can still see the uh, price there from uh, Radio Shack in the upper, upper right corner. Right. <clears throat> anyway, I haven't... Coco Books, too. I, you know, I've obviously subscribed to this channel, but um, I don't think I've watched hardly anything from him, so... Anyway, um, I'll hit the play button. See what the uh, see what the about. Tandy Color computers have an analog joystick input for two joysticks, and these analog joysticks will give out a voltage somewhere between zero to five volts, indicating where you are along the x-axis position or the y or in between. So then there's a button which is just digital five volts ground and. The problem with this, some things, some games, really want you to be, for example, specifically in the center along the X if you're going to go up or down on the Y. For example, if you're a character in a game walking horizontally and you need to suddenly go up a ladder, if you're slightly off center, it may not respond until you go precisely. So it's kind of hard to play those kind of games. Those are better suited to digital joysticks like the original Nintendo kind, where up and down are just digital 5 volts hmm, ground. Jump ahead here. He's uh, basically and showing how to see figure how it's out running. how you can I'm build using this Arduino Nano just to get 5 volts of USB power over here. And I'm also using 5 volts on here as the analog joystick 5 volts, since it's not plugged into a Coco. So then I have a ground wire coming from there to simulate pressing a button. The voltmeter is on the X axis and with nothing being pressed, it should be close to halfway between zero and five and it's around 2.4 volts. So that's good. Now, if I press the left button by grounding it, I get around zero volts out. If I press the right button, I get 4.78 volts which is about the VCC on here anyway. It's not exactly five. So then I release and we get 2.4 volts. The directions into analog voltages, as well as the digital button, 
and that will go out to this analog joystick cable that I'm going to plug into the Coco. So I should be able to use the Nintendo controller. Here's the... Ah, cool. It actually shows how to build it. They're doing the engineering and the manual and uh, putting the parts together. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's kind of fun. Other than his headline being backwards, it's a great thing. We're actually going analog to digital, not digital to analog. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, like I said, I've subscribed to his channel, obviously, but I don't think I've looked at a whole lot of his stuff, but uh, there's just not enough time to go through everything. Okay, so moving along to my portion of finding the news. Boise is uh, at VCF Southwest. He's going to be there, I guess, with the Turbo 9 guys. And this is his uh, uh, table with his uh, various things, including the uh, Elanco AgVision Terminal, the blue Coco 1, pre-Coco 1. Uh, and uh, so hopefully we'll get some more pictures and stuff from there. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, I'm glad he's actually got those out for people to, to see. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot the, the Co and Coco the, 4. The Coco 4 Proto. That's awesome. Yep, there's some awesome pieces of history there. The Deluxe doesn't have any innards, does it? I thought he had a board. Yeah, yeah he does. Sorry. Yeah, didn't you get one from Brother Jeremy, maybe? Anyway, yeah, so no, that's cool that they're, they're, on, they're on the tour circuit. Yep. I love exactly. it. That's uh, rare pieces of history. And also, Boise posted a photo this morning. There is Alan Badger of Microware, who we've had on before, uh, interviewed, and Mark Siegel, who worked right. at Tandy, who we've also interviewed. So and this is in Texas? Yeah, this is in Texas. Mark Wasn't Siegel was there cool? this morning. They're native yep. ground. <laughs> yep, right. exactly. So that's cool to see both of them, and it's really cool having both of them on the show in the past. What years. would be cool is to see what their tags look like. I don't know if we could zoom in much. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll spoil it for you, Ron. Do you have one? Yeah, no, but you've seen it. It's It says VCF, and then it has three stripes diagonal, just like on the Tandy logo. Okay. In the same color scheme. Yeah, yeah got just, it. Just look at your Coco. like the show uh, advertising? I, it looks like it was kind of cool to see that was the choice for the logo. It's like, yeah, it looks exactly yeah. like Tandy. Tandy badge. Very cool. cool. So uh, moving on, uh, next news story. This was the one where we had Mikey Furman on earlier talking about uh, basically as uh, episode seven of the Flex OS. Here's his official posting to Facebook, and he was on multiple channels actually. He posted this in the Dragon and, and of course, the GRS80 Color Computer Group. And uh, we have a Flex channel on the Coco Discord. If you join the Coco Discord, uh, it's uh, discord.thecoconation.com. Uh, we'll take you to the invite link. Click on that. Um, Join up, uh, read the uh, Code of Conduct channel. We want to know a name of some sort and uh, tell us about your history, what you want to do. And we'll get you on there. And you scroll down to the operating system section, and there's a Flex channel. And uh, Mikey has all his uh, videos posted in there as well because, well, that's where they go, in the Flex channel. And Thank you, Mikey, for coming. Video, hmm? This video was really nice because uh, he goes through building Stuart Orchard's um, Flex Loader and uh, the, the core of the operating system and the drivers and things. And then you get to see a bit of drive wire foo where he uses that Stuart Orchard's core and initial setup to go out and get the rest of Flex over drive wire as well. 
So he he manages to to hit a couple of different pretty cool little pieces in the in the one video. Um, on the Flex channel um, on the Coco Discord, I have some links at the top for the Flex Users Group and uh, Evanston Consulting and uh, Southwest Technical Products, CEMU.com. I'll need to get Stuart Orchards added in there and any others that Mikey found. Mikey said he'd get with me and get those up there. So by the way, if you haven't used Discord that much, whenever you're on a channel, there's a little pin uh, icon on the on the web page. If you're on the portable one, you have to like swipe to the left and then there'll be a little pin icon. You click on the pin and we can have up to 50 pinned messages per channel. So I, whenever I create a channel and I created the Flex one, um, I always post the first link and I usually post some links to stuff or some discussions and stuff and then I pin it so you can find it later. Anyway, go check out the pins if you want to know more about Flex and 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 and. Moving right along. I believe that Jim Gary has a non-game <laughs> for the Tandy Color computer that he was working on. Uh, what? Sounds like, uh, from what it looks like, this is like statistics. It's got like bar graphs and other sorts of stuff. And uh, anyway, it says Fast Figs uh, from Input Magazine. So he was asking for a little bit of help. He's tried it with uh, VCC and XROR, and I guess he's getting some interesting uh, contrasting or errors. And so it looks like maybe there might be something wrong with it. Anyway, if anybody wants to uh, help out with uh, Jim Gary's uh, question, then uh, please... Uh, um, get a hold of him directly or on the TRS-80 color computer message here on Facebook group, um, you know, post response or try uh, help him out. And basically one more story in the basic news. Um, Marco is at Spendaletti um, has a new fix. Looks like a new fix to uh, UG basic. So I know he's uh, put out a couple posts in the last week. So it looks like there's been a bunch of fixes that have been put forth. Some of these may not be relevant to the color computer, but you never know. Anyway, so if you're uh, using UG Basic, you might want to go uh, uh, pull a fresh uh, Git repo uh, from the repo and uh, rebuild it. I actually did that a few weeks ago, so I know a little bit about what goes on with it. And uh, I could probably answer some questions if somebody wanted to try to build it from scratch, uh, because I actually did get it to build from scratch. <laughs> wow, show my Linux foo. Anyway, um, this is a very cool. It's a, like a cross-platform basic-like language, but it compiles, turns into assembly language, and uh, targets uh, uh, basically 6502 systems as well as Z80 and the 6809 systems. So if you want a want a, a way of getting faster programs without delving into assembly language, this might be your tool. And that's the end of the regular news. I didn't find any specific MT MC10 stories, but I did find a couple for the Dragon. So, there's some gentleman from, I think, Australia called Nick Marinetti's. Oh. Anyway, oh, he, has, he has a Dragon Pal system that's having a problem. So, he's no. asking help. Hmm? No, no. It's, no, I don't have one. But um, basically, it's for my, um, my latest, for the Neutroid game I'm doing. Uh. It uses um, interrupts on the Coco 1 and 2. Mm. Uh, in, a, in a way similar to what Simon does for his music programs. Gotcha. But that doesn't work on a Dragon 64 because on a Dragon 64, they did something wrong when they laid out the circuit board on the, on those. Mm -hmm. in that they got that. the uh, horizontal sinks going to 
uh, something going to the wrong place. So it loses horizontal sinks during the uh, the blanking period of the of the display, and that of course plays havoc with the interrupt routine because sound it, and, yeah, the, yeah and the sound. Now it works fine on a Dragon Thirty Two. They did that correct, and it works fine on a NTSC Dragon Sixty Four. The Tanos, yeah, the Tanos, but yeah. the PAL Dragon Sixty Fours has this this mistake, uh, and there is a fix for it, which basically just involves uh, disconnecting a wire uh, that goes to the PIA and and tapping the horizontal sink and feeding that in instead. Anyway, gotcha. if, I think there's a link um, on one of the replies there. There's a, a, a text message from uh, someone there that explains uh, how to do it. So yeah. I was just I was just asking for clarity on on that bug that that mis error on the thing because we, I've got to take into account when I say to everyone this game works on a dragon. Well, <laughs> it sort of works on most dragons except for the Dragon sixty four. So that's yeah, it why looks like them. looks like Paris here has a link to the World of Dragons. Yeah, archive. yeah, that link yeah. has a a, a a description of the problem. Well, that explains why it's in the TRS-80 color computer form, because, uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for the clarity, Nick. We appreciate that. Was, yeah. Okay. Uh, Julian Brown, he's been working on, I guess, a keyboard replacement for the Dragon, and he's had a bunch of posts I see over the last few weeks. This is just the latest one. He was talking about uh, it keeps getting more complicated and complicated as he goes into this uh, Anyway, he's talking about uh, keyboards never get complicated. <laughs> Says the guy who's created seven different varieties of keyboards for the color computers, right. or is it ten? Uh, we're going there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can commiserate. I understand. Anyway, so he just talks about uh, the switches and uh, the various. I guess the spacebar ones are kind of a different type of switch. So, anyway, if uh, keyboards are something you're interested in, hey, this is on the Dragon Users Group. If you're not a member of the Dragon user group, you should join because there's a lot of stuff that crosses over the color computer. I happen to own a Tano Dragon, so I don't feel bad about joining. I think they let me in. Uh, I know they let me in, but you know you should probably should join too because there might be something there you might learn. Uh, and the last story is uh, Mike Miller, who um, was asking on the Motorola 6809, 6309, 6800 assembly language. Is looking for a magazine. I think it's uh, from the UK called 68 Microcosm Magazine. So um, he says that the uh, Computing uh, Center for Computing History in Cambridge, UK, has some in a box, but he was wondering if anybody else had seen any of these anywhere. So this is probably something we didn't see on this side of the pond, but hey, you never know. So um, it'd be really nice if... Uh, as it's not 68 micro or 65, 6502, 68 micro. Uh, sounds like a different publication. Anyway, if you happen to find a box of those somewhere, like Brian Weisler, um, hey, Mike would really appreciate it. And that is all the news stories I have for this week. Thank you, Marco. Oh, I do want to throw in a little plug here. Our own Ron has lots and lots of. Uh, Facebook uh, groups. In fact, he probably has more than any person I know. Anyway, Ron's garage. There's a picture of his wife, Elaine. Hi, Elaine. Mm -hmm. uh, 
he always throws up some really cool stuff. A lot of them include Mopar cars and, you know, well, you know, we can't all be that. No, wait a minute. I own a Dodge van. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Saved yourself. <laughs> By the way, Ron, my brother-in-law, he drives a Pacifica and oh. my mother-in-law has cool. a, uh, has a, uh, um, um, the Durango, or not Durango, the, the one like you had. That, oh, the, for, um, journey. Journey. Yeah. She has a journey. Yeah. So what I married paint? into a family. Sorry? Oh, the I married into the paint family. program. What paint program was that on the PC? No. Um, <laughs> I, I, to make the picture of my wife or the one with the. No, you scroll down. The, oh, down that was, yeah. It was uh, PC paint or something like that. PC paint. I thought I'd seen it's it before. It's yeah. real old. Yeah. yeah it was it on the like hard drive that, I, you know, when I got the machine. Yeah. Okay. And, and I did want to, I did want to plug one of uh, Ron's other channels, which is Show Us Your Tandy Color Computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people submit photos of the various stuff. I noticed that somebody submitted one of mine that I remember submitting, but <laughs> that's okay, Ron. I love you anyway. <laughs> so when I streamed uh, the Coco Nation last month, this is what my setup looked like. And uh, yes, normally I'm running my Coco Three with the MPI with the with the uh, right hand monitor. So. This particular setup, I was running three monitors because that's what works well for me for streaming. So, anyway, cool. this is another great channel. You can check out what people have submitted and look at the stuff. Hey, somebody's got a koala pad and a model three. Anyway, what people had back in the day or even what they have today. Anyway, well, thank you, Ron, for all those channels and uh, sure. promoting, promoting the cocoa goodness. Yes, so, we do that. I'm done with the news and all the shout outs, and we're all glad you're here listening to us today. Very cool stuff, Marco. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm you're glad well. you step in for Curtis here. Hopefully, I didn't mangle it up too much. Curtis Jr. I could be. You should get your honorary Canadian certifi- certification now from the board sometime soon. <laughs> and you will have to pick a third initial. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I usually do. And you're going to burn your hair. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Mine's short. So actually, I usually do use my middle initial, just something from when I was in the military. Everything's a middle initial. But because I usually go with Marco as abbreviated, that's why my handle says Mark, and then I have the rest of my name in parentheses. So so leave out the D. So anyway. What nationality is Oberholzer? It is German. It would have been Oberholzer way back in the day. So I can hear boots clicking. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, actually, the Oberholzers are from Bavaria, Bavaria, oh. um, basically woodsmen. Uh, so there was actually Oberholzer would have been the baron of uh, and the king's woodsman. He basically was the forester. So, so you know a little bit about your history, huh? A little bit. Cool. Okay. Well, that was everything I had on my list. You know, my scribbled out agenda we do five minutes before the show. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's our planning. Do anybody have any uh, what projects and acquisitions they want to share? You know what? I got a non-Mopar thing I could share just to say it. Um, I was uh-huh. at Goodwill today, yesterday. yesterday. You found and, a uh, board? No, I found a, um HP. Uh, yeah, I looked at the monitors, and I saw this one sitting there. It's an all-in-one computer. Mm-hmm. And it was twenty four dollars. Uh, what era? What, uh, it, it has the um, Microsoft. Uh, I, I think it's like five years old. 
you know, because mm -hmm. it, it has four mega RAM and giga RAM, mm -hmm. and um, you know, it's uh, it's twenty inch, pretty big. It is uh, you know, touch screen. So mm -hmm. I thought, you know, try it out. So I walked walked over to the station where you can plug it in and see if it works, and I put together a, a um, power supply for it by looking up stuff on my phone <laughs> and <laughs> finally got it hooked up and it came on and it had windows 10. Uh, but mm. I, you know, I put 11 on it and um, it works perfectly and it's pretty snappy. And I thought, gosh, for $24, that was a pretty good deal. It only has four gigs of RAM. Yeah. Mm. Yep. But, but, but it like runs that. windows 11, which means it has a yeah. security chip. That, yes. It has all that. It's, yeah, it's probably expandable. You could probably put more than that. In. I think so. And the other thing is, um, you know, when you eighth, uh, eighth generation uh, penny, uh, penny, yeah, it's uh, an Asalon processor. So an AMD, no, AMD, and AMD, and it's so single speed. Yeah. It doesn't have any, you know, cores. So it must be just before it went to all these extra cores. But it, it works fairly snappy. The thing with um, Windows 11 is uh, there's a, a program you can run to make Windows 11 work on a machine that has it has no um, control in the BIOS. Ah. Have you guys ever done that yet? Mm -mm. I try yeah, to stay away from Windows 11. Why? Me too. Works, works perfect. They moved everything. I can't find anything. Yeah. Windows 10 and 11 work well. I never had I any trouble in, with it. Half the stuff I need 11 is broken. It can't print the right size on scale prints. Oh, gee. Drawings and all kinds of things. So I went back to 10 and everything's fine. Hmm. So I use Linux for my shop stuff, but that's old history. That's where I... Well, if you have enough computers around, you can, you can <laughs> run it, run anything. <laughs> run one of everything. Right. Yeah, because you have... Uh, well... I don't Spares. think I have a computer with eight on it. But I have seven, XP, Millennium. Millennium was a good good uh a good one, even though people say they didn't like it. I liked Windows two thousand better. Yeah, certainly. But for a long while I used it and I mm -hmm. never really had problems with it at all. However, let me tell you with Millennium. You're all wrong. You're all wrong. <laughs> Microsoft based <laughs> flavor. No. Basic 69 for the 6809, the basic 68 for the 6800, and uh, the color basic and extended color basic and disk basic and super extended color basic that were spawned from it. That's the best thing. All That's right. the only OS yeah, version yeah. you need. There you go. <laughs> best to finish the show off with. Beauty. Thanks Four for bringing boys. it around, Alan. <laughs> You cleaned us up. Put us back on target. Okay. Well, we ready for the outro? Yeah, I guess we're ready for the outro. Bring it on. Mm. Let's make it happen. That's one of these buttons here. Let's try this one. This concludes another episode of The Coco Nation, the world's leading live interactive talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things The Coco Nation, visit us on the web at thecoconation.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to show at thecoconation.com. The Coco Nation show would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. The Coco Nation theme song copyright 2022 D. Bruce Moore.
Forever.